0: Welcome to Faith Church. We're thrilled you're here today. I think you are in the right place and God's got something that he wants to say to you. I want to say welcome to all of our Faith Church friends and family watching online right now. Welcome. We're so glad we believe God's going to speak to you today. Hey, if you got a copy of scripture, go with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians is in the New Testament. Uh, So far, keep turning to the right until you get to Galatians, and uh, we'll be there here in just a minute. You can, of course, if you have your phone or a device with you, uh, you can log on to faithchurchks.org and follow along with the notes and the scriptures. They're all right there. You're like, yeah, but I don't have any signal, Switch your phone to airplane mode and turn it right back on. A little inside trick, you might pick up a fresh new signal today. Just thought I'd offer that for free. Hey, while you're turning to Galatians 6, just wanted to uh, add some value to next Sunday is Football Sunday. And uh, I know some of you are excited because your Chiefs are in there. I'm cheering for the Chiefs. Next Sunday, I'm going to be wearing some nice Brand new red chiefs gear, uh, but don't worry, underneath it, I'll have my Carolina Panthers shirt on because they stay close to my heart. But I'm on the, I'm with you next week. We're gonna have a great time. Pick up some invites today on your way out and invite some friends with you. It's gonna be a fun day and the perfect Sunday to bring somebody with you who maybe has never experienced church the way that you have. And so uh, it's gonna be a fun, fun day. Galatians 6. We're going to start in verse seven today. This is what uh, the apostle Paul is writing. He says, "This do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked, because a man reaps what he sows. And whoever sows to the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life." Now I'm going to push pause for just a second. This is what we did for the last twenty-one days. Those of you that participated on any level with a fast where you gave something up for 21 days, you know what you did? You decided to stop sowing into your flesh and instead connecting in your spirit. And what you sow into, you reap from. And so there's something powerful that happens when you disconnect from those deep, deep desires that you've got in your flesh and you instead reconnect with a God who is spirit, who wants to breathe life into you. There's something transactional and transformative that happens when you do it. So when you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap from that. But when you sow to the Spirit, something of eternal value is established. He goes on to say in verse 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, everybody say proper time, at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if, this is key, if we don't Give up. Not if you don't get weary, because we'll all get weary. But in the weariness, make a decision not to give up. It's in the decision to not give up that you'll actually see the harvest that you want and long for. Uh, this past week, I did something uh, that breathes new life into me. I rearranged my office here at the church. I moved everything around, moved pictures around, did it all. And uh, Clayton, our communications pastor, walked in and says, Oh, you changed your office. It must be two months since the last time you did it. Like he just can, like, set it without fail. I am always adjusting, tweaking changing looking to improve something move something I love the idea of something new that comes along I am an early adopter of new technology I will beta test all of the new operating systems on my devices I just I just like it it's fun it's new and I don't know if you're like me, but whether you are or not, here's what I do know about us is that we often can fall into a trap thinking that something new will bring something different. Or in other words, that if we do something new, we're gonna, it's going to fix what was wrong with the old. And, and we think that new is what we need. Uh, like like this year, you started the year off, and you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're gonna eat a little healthier maybe. And uh, you wanted to eat healthier last year, but uh, the problem was you didn't have a new blender. But this year, you've got a new blender, and that new Ninja blender with all of the 7,000 speeds of what it will do, it is the reason you are gonna eat and drink healthier this year. Because now you've got a new blender. This year, you you you're gonna you're gonna finally. Start saving and tracking your money and budgeting the right way. You're going to do it. Why? Because you found a new app. And this new app is going to help you put all your money in envelopes. And this app is going to track. And if you spend too much money, it's going to shock you. And it's going to be great because you've got a new app. And the new app is going to help you with your bad habits. It doesn't matter if you change your habits, but if you get a new app, this is the year. And we fall prey to thinking this. We get a brand new planner at the year at the beginning of the year. Why? Because it's a fresh planner. It's clean. Never mind you were late to every appointment. You forgot half the things and your kids were never dressed the right way for whatever theme it was because you didn't write it down. But this year you got a new planner and everything's different because you got a new one this year. And it's the new version of the planner that's going to help you stay organized this year. And we fall into this trap thinking that a new something is going to change everything. I want to maybe submit a, a different idea. I don't know that new is guaranteeing to fix the problem. In other words, just because you bought something new, it doesn't mean you'll automatically find a breakthrough. You can't buy a breakthrough. You can't buy transformation. Just because you have a new something doesn't mean that that new thing is the answer. Listen, your goals are only as good... As your systems. They're only as good as your systems. Your systems are a repeated pattern. It is the pattern that you repeat that is actually going to produce something. It's your patterns that you've got to look at. Your goals are fine. Your hope, your dreams, your desires for the year, your resolutions, those are fine, those are good. But they are only as good as the systems behind them to get you there. It's all about your, your systems. It's all about your, your patterns. It's all about your, your routines. Now, I'm a, I'm a person of faith. I believe that prayer changes everything. The most, the most impact uh, to prayer is oftentimes us. I believe it with all of my heart. But friends, can I just be real honest? As people of faith, we cannot speak our way out of a bad pattern and habit. You can't quote enough scripture to change your bad habits. To change your bad patterns. To change the old way. It's not going to work. You can't fix a broken routine with a new scripture. I mean, scripture is powerful. I believe it changes your life. It rearranges things. It builds your faith. It helps your mindset. It matters. All of those things. But at the end of the day, it is your systems that will determine. It is your pattern. Why? Because faith without works is dead. The results don't show up. When there is not corresponding action, I think we need this year to maybe instead of try something new, maybe we need to leverage the same. Maybe it wasn't the problem that that you didn't have the right reading plan last year. That's not why you didn't read your Bible all the way through. It wasn't the plans problem. It was your pattern. Maybe it's not a new plan that's going to fix it. Maybe it's not a new study Bible that's going to help you get into the Word. Maybe it's just a decision to stick with the same one for a little bit longer time than you did last time. Maybe it's but expecting a different result. Being mean to everybody around you and expecting to find new best friends. A stupid saying. You can't expect a different result with the same pattern. It doesn't work. You have to change the pattern. So some same, stupid same, you don't want to keep doing that. You need to change that same. There is selfish same. Selfish same is when you do things the same way because they're comfortable and they fit your preference. But it's not until we're willing to get outside of our comfort zones that we give God permission to grow us and strengthen us, and stretch us, and if you stay selfish, you'll keep doing the same selfish things, and your results will be selfish in nature, that's the same that we don't want to repeat, then there's stubborn same, stubborn same, where 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 you, you sit there thinking, I'm not going to change, because I don't like change, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, after all, pastor, We've been doing church one way since 1927, and we're not going to change one lick. Well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks if you have the right trainer and proper treats. You see the right results, all of a sudden you're willing to change some things. Stubborn same. We need to leave that alone. We need to leave that alone. And there's another, another same that we need to get, get rid of, and that's scared same. Scared same is where we're doing the same patterns of living because we are afraid that if we change, something will happen. We're so scared. We're so scared to be alone that we will return to the same toxic relationships, feel abused, neglected, abandoned, uh, rejected. But we'll keep going back to those same toxic relationships again and again, that same type of person again and again. We'll keep swiping the wrong way on Tinder again and again. Why? Because we are scared that if we change, we'll be alone. We're scared that if we give up this habit, we won't have any comfort. If we're scared that if we do this, we will be left on the outside. Those those are some of the same things we need to get rid of. We don't need to repeat those same things. We don't need to be selfish. We don't need to be stubborn. We don't need to be stupid. And we definitely don't need to be scared. Those are the sames we want to get rid of. That's not good patterns for your life. But there is a, a smart same. Smart same is... When you do the right thing because God asked you to do it, you want to repeat that same. You want to have the right same. You want to do the smart same. You want to do God's version of the same. The smart same is having the right patterns that actually produce the product he wants in your life. Who is it God wants you to become this year? find out what patterns you need to establish to become that person, and that person will be the product of the right patterns that you walked in. That's the smart same. We want to have that kind of repeated behavior. It's the smart same. Now, you might be hearing, this all sounds nice and good, and you're like, hey, I want to have a good life. I want to have a good 2020. I want to to see production in my life. I want to see some some good things show up in my life, but you don't believe in God, and you're like, I don't know about all this Jesus stuff. You may be here, and you're not quite sure about God. Can I just tell you, number one, you are in the right place. We have created a church where you can belong, even if you don't believe like we do. This is a safe place for you to explore who the real Jesus is, and you can take as long as you want, hang out as long as you want, and you always have a seat in this house for as long as we're the, I'm the pastor here. This is a place for you. I'm glad you're here, but I want to let you know that what I'm about to tell you, these are principles that work no matter who your God is, because as long as there is earth around us, these principles of seed and harvest work for everybody. You don't even have to believe all the things that I believe. I'm just telling you, if at the end of 2020, you want to see production, you want to see a different uh, uh, result, you want to see some progress in your life, you want to have some gains, I'm about to tell you how to do it. Whether you believe or you don't believe. I want to go back to this section of Scripture in Galatians because he, he gives us some really, really clear things to help us as we track To to let go of the wrong same, but to recognize that there is a way to leverage the power and the compound interest of the right same, of the God same, of the smart same. And the first thing that he says in Galatians 6-7 is, number one, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived, which tells me that it is very possible for you and I to be deceived. The warning is don't be deceived, which means the natural inclination is to... Become deceived. What is it we get deceived on? We get deceived on looking on the outside for progress when it actually happens all inside unseen. You plant a seed and you water it and you give it sunlight and nothing shows up. Nothing happens. There's no progress. It's, there's nothing visible that's taken place. Why? Because when you plant a seed... It goes underground, and it does most of its energy work. It is time that happens before you ever see results. There is a period of time that takes place. That's why we are people of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight or not by our feelings. We're not looking for external progress. We're looking for an internal posture that God is at work. You might look like the same person on the outside, but if you have put your faith in Jesus, there is change taking place on the inside. That's why we're not judging. We're not getting religious. We're not looking people up and down to look a certain way because we might look on the outside for appearance and approval, but God is looking at our hearts. Why don't be deceived by what you see life based on his principles. It's the way it works. Don't be deceived. You will reap what you what you sow. Some of you you you've heard that phrase before you reap what you sow. Maybe it was you were at a church and uh, they were trying to manipulate your behavior. Don't you know you're going to reap what you sow. So clean up your act right now. Maybe it was a parent that was really authoritarian and they were just you're going to reap what you sow. Just watch out kid. There you go. You're reaping what you sowed. I told you it's going to happen. And we create this version of karma and we Christianize it. I, I want you to hear it in a different way today, though. Don't hear it from the negative, you're going to reap what you sow. Hear it from this sense of possibility. Hey, listen, if there's something you want to reap in your life, if there's something you want to see produced in your life, sow a seed. Sow a seed. You, you need more joy in your own life? Why don't you start giving away joy to somebody else? You, you, need, you need some encouragement in your life? Why don't you start encouraging somebody else's life? Because you're going to reap if you sow it. Oh, you do, you want to you want to uh, you really want to see friendships grow and blossom and have right friends that are there for you, that are encouraging, that are with you, that enjoy the things that you enjoy. You're tired of being alone. If you want friends, the Bible says, be friendly. Go be that friend to somebody else. Why? Because if if you want to reap it, sow it first. You're going to reap if you sow. But if you never sow you're never going to reap. It's a principle that you can put into practice in every area of your life. Every area of your life. The truth of the matter is there are some patterns that you, of sowing that are going to bring corruption into your life. It's true. He says it right there. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to kind of reap that. But if you sow to your spirit, if you sow in God's way, if you sow into God's economy, if you, if you start patterning, your sowing and reaping based on, the, uh, on God's principles and his ways, you're going to see that incorruptible return. And really, really tired and weary of eating the same thing again and again and again. I was weary of it. I was ready to throw in the towel and sheet yesterday, y'all temptation was strong to give up, but I didn't, but I didn't, why, because if you get weary, that's when you want to give up, but when you recognize you're weary, you make a decision not to give up, you're going to reap, you're going to reap, I don't think that the problem is that people don't have enough faith to see God move in their life, I don't think that's why we don't see God. I don't believe that um, you didn't pray the right prayers. That's why it's not working in your life. I don't believe that you didn't, uh, that the church was the wrong church for you to be in. That's why you weren't getting fed. Can I be honest? I think the reason why we don't see the promises of God show up in our life is because we quit too soon. We bail and we're not good at waiting. We want it now. We're not seeing the instant change. We haven't found our best friends right away. We haven't seen all the moves. We haven't we haven't automatically seen a, a huge increase in our in our bottom line. We, we're still struggling with math, even though we've seen a tutor for two weeks now. We're not sure why. We ain't figured out how to do all these complex math things in school. We've been seeing a tutor. I don't know why it's not working yet. And we give up and we quit. I believe that if we will... Be consistent, and we will establish patterns that God has said, and we will do the smart same again and again and again. Even though we grow weary and tired, if we don't give up, we'll see a return. So, so how do we not give up? How do we persevere? How do we have patience to press through? How do we choose to be okay in a season when we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting, and nothing is happening. We can't see anything. How do we stay in the right place? I'm going to give you three things today that will help you persevere, to wait, to not give up. There's actually four, but I'm only giving you three today. You have to come back in two weeks for the fourth. Got to come back in two weeks for the fourth one, but I'm going to give you three today. Here's... Here's the first practice. God has you. You're going to flourish if you'll stay there. But you know what we do? We get tired. We get worn out. We get tired. we get stale. It gets boring. Same guy. Same weird clothes. Same illustrations. I'm done. I'm going to find a new place. And we hop. And we shop. And we uproot ourselves and plant ourselves and uproot ourselves and plant ourselves. And we want to know why it's not working. Find the right place and get planted. You can't keep transplanting bushes around your yard and expect it to thrive. It doesn't work that way. Get planted in the right place. If this isn't your church, if this isn't the place where you want to get planted, that's okay. Find the one that is. Why? Because we want God's best for your life. We want to see you flourish in every area of your life. Find one where you can get planted, where you can flourish. Because when you get planted in the right place, you'll flourish. And we want your life to flourish. I don't care what church it is. Find the one that's right. Get planted and see God flourish and grow your life. I think when we're in the right environment, it's because we have the right people in the right place, and our heart has the right posture. That's the proper house for you to be in. As a church, we're, we're not doing a bunch of new things this year. I'm not going to announce a bunch of brand new things. We've got one renewed thing that we're doing this year as a church. We're adjusting our system and our strategy, if you will, in one area, and I'll share that in a couple weeks. But by and large, we're going to do the same thing. Why? because our mission hasn't changed, our vision hasn't changed, what we value, our mindsets, those haven't changed, we're going to keep doing the same thing. We're going to keep showing up expecting God to move. We're going to keep gathering on the first Wednesdays and pray every, every Wednesday night. We're going to keep circling up in small groups. We're going to keep serving, keep encouraging, keep believing. We're going to do more of the same. Why? Because there's power when you stay planted in the same way in the same place. We don't need a bunch of new. We just need to do the same. We're not going to start a bunch of new studies because we just need to hear the same word and get it in our life and figure out how we apply that. We're going to keep doing the same. Why? Because we want to stay planted. Why? Because if we stay planted and we don't give up, we're going to see a harvest. We're going to see some change happen. We're going to see something transformed in our life. Listen, you can't confuse busyness with production. Just because you're busy doesn't mean you're growing, just means you're busy, just means you're busy, we want to find the right things, the right, right patterns, and we want to stay planted in them, number two, not only do we want to stay planted, I think we need to stay consistent, I think we need to stay consistent, this is really where we unleash the power of same, because we stay, we stay consistent. There is no such thing as an overnight success. Anything that you see in the world that looks successful, it's because they've had months and years of diligence and consistency. Consistency isn't celebrated, and doing the same thing again and again isn't sexy. But it's powerful. Nobody's going to celebrate with you the fact that you've stayed consistent. I mean, you go lose 20 pounds, and everybody will celebrate with you. They'll notice. They're like, oh, my gosh, you look so good. And they'll celebrate. You're you looking great. You're doing wonderful. I love what you've done with your hair. It's great. It's wonderful. And they'll celebrate with you. But come back five months later, and you're still down those same 20 pounds. Ain't nobody celebrating with you. Like, oh, girl, you look the same. Like, nobody does that. Because nobody celebrates the same. We only celebrate the new. But there's something powerful in staying consistent. You you this year you, you're gonna reach new saving goals. Every, every other week, you're gonna put 5% away in savings. Five, you're not gonna hop on Instagram, start a story. Hey y'all, I just deposited another five percent. It's the same amount at the same account. Yay me. Like nobody celebrates that. That's boring. You know what they celebrate? The new shoes. And the sweet threads and the swag that you're wearing. They're like, hey, look at me. Like, yeah, we'll celebrate that because it's new. But it's consistency that produces results. It's not change that always produces results. It's the consistency. Sure, the right changes play a big role. There are some changes, like we said earlier, you need to make. But by and large, can I be honest? When you stay consistent, you'll see something. I mean, man, think about it, the... In the NFL, you'll see some amazing catches. These guys will make some amazing one-handed grabs, two-handed grabs. They're twinkle toes in it right inside the sidelines. You're like, dude, that was amazing. That looks so effortless. Wrong. That's called muscle memory. Why? Because they practiced that catch again and again and again and again and again. So it looks so effortless. But it's actually because they were consistent in their practice. You see people's marriage, and you're like, man, they make marriage look so easy. I see these people parenting, and man, they look like they're doing such a great job. Their, their kids are listening. They're responding. They've they like got good manners. They make this parenting thing look easy. No, it's not. It's practice. It's the right pattern repeated again and again. It's their consistency that is producing results. Listen, hear me real, real clearly. The pattern that pays is the pattern that you repeat the longest. The pattern that pays the most is the one you're willing to repeat the longest. It's the discipline that you're willing to have again and again and again. It's the same consistencies that's actually going to produce something long term. The pattern that pays is the one you practice the longest, it's the one that you're willing to do the longest don't turn 21 days of prayer into a one-time event. What would it look like if prayer every day at the same, who humbles themselves and recognizes it's only through Jesus that I can pray right now? That's the righteous person. What's the powerful prayer? The powerful prayer is the one that is consistent. Because there's power in the same. It's the prayer that you're willing to repeat until you see Breakthrough. That's where the power comes from. The power doesn't come because you use special words. The power in your prayers aren't because it's all perfect language. No. The powerful prayer is the one you pray from your heart again and again and again. That's the powerful prayer. So the person that is righteous is the one that recognizes that they're humble enough to say it's through Jesus that this is going to happen. The powerful prayer is the one that that says, I'm going to keep praying until I see the results. And the effective prayer is the one that's specific. Not generic, God, if it be your will, kind of prayers. But Lord, your word says that by your stripes I am healed. I'm going to pray specifically for this thing to go away. I'm going to pray specifically for this person's heart to get soft. I'm going to pray specifically that the job that I want and the, uh, the, the, the pay that I want and the hours that I want and this thing that I'm believing for, it's all going to line up. I'm going to pray specific prayers. Why? Because specific prayers require faith. So get specific. The prayers of the righteous, the one who sees that it's only through Jesus that it happens. The prayer that is powerful, the one that is consistent, the same again and again. And the prayer that is effective, it's specific. Get specific with your prayers this week, friends. That's the one that's going to be the most transformative. Stay planted. Stay consistent. And then finally, you got to pull the weeds. You got to pull the weeds. You got to pull the weeds that grow up in your garden. You got to pull them up because they're corrupting your seed. They're choking the life that was meant for the seed that you planted. Pull the weeds. There's a verse in the Old Testament, Song of Solomon, that says, It's the little foxes, the little ones that you don't think are harmful, those are the ones that actually spoil the fruit that's on the vine. Those are the little suckers that are coming to steal the grapes. It's the little sins that you're unwilling to acknowledge as sin. Those are the ones that are going to keep you from receiving the harvest that you want. It's it's the little attitudes that you've passed off as, oh, that's just my personality. No. That's the wrong heart. It's not your personality. It's a wrong heart. It's a polluted heart issue. Not a personality issue that's that's not like Jesus God gave you your personality absolutely but your personality like my personality needs to be filtered on the person of Jesus it's the little things that'll spoil your seat it's the little things that'll that'll hold you back it's the little it's the little moments of, of, of lying and deceit and pride that will destroy what God is trying to grow in you. Pull the weeds. Pull the weeds. Don't avoid a sin tomorrow that you can eliminate from your life today. Don't. I'll avoid that. Well, no. Don't ever get there. Don't ever get there. I coach young people when I was a youth pastor all the time. Like, don't put yourself in a situation where you might want to compromise. Just don't do it. Like you're not gonna make out in the back row of a movie theater if you're not in the back row of a movie theater all by yourself. If you are, there's a whole other kind of problem that we got. If Mama's sitting next to you and you're still necking, I'm just saying we got issues. Really, don't put your pull the weeds, pull the weeds. Give your wife your passwords. Let her check your account, fellas. Pull the weeds. Don't try and overcome something tomorrow that you can eliminate out of your life today. Pull the weeds. Pull the weeds. Don't let it exist and think, it's not a big deal. Don't downplay it. Don't, Don't ignore it. No, I'll deal with that attitude later. No, quit gossiping. Put a guard over your mouth. Quit talking bad about other people. I don't care if you're using it as a prayer request. Stop it, it's gossip. Pull the weeds, pull the weeds, pull the weeds. Because the weeds will choke out what God is trying to grow in your life. Some of you, the most holy thing you can do this week is open up your phone and delete the contacts from the person that you used to buy drugs from. The best thing you can do is open your phone and delete the numbers from the guys who have always treated you like trash that you keep going back to when you need a good fix at night. The best thing you can do is open up your phone and maybe remove some people out of your life and find a new circle of people to get involved with. Some of the best things you could do is pull some weeds. Don't live it what God wants to do. Pull the weeds. Stay planted. Stay consistent. Pull the weeds. Listen, you will see fruitful gains when you refuse to give up. Don't give up. You're going to see fruitful gains. So, here's the trick. Do more of what is working and weed out what isn't. Do more of what's working. What's helping to help you become the person? Do more of that. What isn't helping? What patterns in your life aren't helping you? Find new patterns. I I want you to ask yourself four questions today. And this week, spend some time in prayer. Number one, ask yourself this question. Who do I want to become in 2020? Who do I want to become? What kind of person? What kind of character? What kind of heart? How would you describe that person's life? Who do you want to become in 2020? Then ask yourself this question. How would that person behave? What what practices would they have in their life? What patterns does that person have? The person I want to be in 2020 at the end of the year, what kind of patterns do they have in their life on the regular? Identify them. Ask yourself. Find somebody whose life looks like could kind of love you and ask them what patterns they have. Find out the patterns. Then, ask yourself this question based on the answers to the first two. What do I need to stop doing this year? What is it I need to pull out of my life? What commitments do I need to pull back from? What commitments... What attitudes, what habits, what subscriptions do I need to unsubscribe from? What distractions do I need to remove? What, what do I need to get rid of in my life? Finally, and ask yourself this question, number four. What do I need to begin doing? What, what do I need to replace those things with? What patterns do I need to have? New patterns while continuing old negative patterns don't cancel each other out you got to stop one and replace it with a better one. What are the patterns that you need to establish that are going to help you become the person that you know God wants you to be this year? Stay planted. Stay consistent. Pull the weeds. Did you know that bamboo, when first planted, It will take anywhere from three years to five years before you ever notice any growth. Three to five years of looking at the same ground, watering the same dirt, pulling the same weeds, three to five years before there's ever any glimmer of transformation, any glimmer of something produced. Friends, there are things in your life that are worth waiting for. There are promises that God has given you that are worth waiting for. You just need to unleash the power of the same and be willing to stay planted, stay consistent in your watering, and stay willing to pull the weeds out of your life and wait as long as it takes to see the product that God wants to produce in your life. Wait, be willing to wait with perseverance and faith as long as it takes for the promise to show up. Be willing to pray and stay steady and stay planted and stay committed and stay consistent and stay in the right environment with the right people doing the right things until you see the breakthrough that you know is coming. Wait it out because if you will not grow weary and not give up, The promise is you're going to receive the change. You're going to receive the harvest. just got to be willing not to give up. I waited all series to preach this one message. This is what I believe is the core of the promise that God gave us as a church this year. Our word for the year, our theme for the year is seeds. This is a year where we've got to be willing To keep it simple rather than look for the spectacular. We need to be willing to stay steady. We need to be willing as a church to stay committed, even if it's not celebrated. We're going to stick with it until we see what God does. Friends, there is a momentum from heaven that only shows up when you are willing to turn the same thing again and again and again. There's a momentum in the flywheel that if you're willing to do the same principles, you're willing to stay planted, stay consistent, keep on praying, keep on believing, keep pulling the weeds and saying no to distractions and no to the things that are depressing you. Say no to those things that are trying to eat away at the faith. We just keep turning the wheel again and there is a momentum of heaven that will one day propel us all the way into our destiny if we're willing to keep holding on, to keep having faith, to be willing to not grow weary, to not give up. Because if we're willing to not give up and not grow weary, there is a transformation on the other side. We will reap if we just don't give up. It's coming. The change, it's coming. The promise is coming. Just don't give You bow your heads. I want to pray for you today. Some of you are here in this room and you are about to give up. You were about to bail on the promise, about to change, try to figure something else out. You're you're not sure, but but today, as the message has been going, there has been something that has been resonating in you, and you know that you need this year to unleash the power of the same by finding the right patterns and repeating them. If this message is kind of hitting you and you're like, no, that's me, Pastor. I I don't want to give up, but I felt like I was going to. I've been getting tired, but I I don't want to get tired and give up. If that's you, would you just put a hand in the air real fast? I want to to pray for you. Heads are bowed. Nobody's looking around. I just just want to know who I'm praying for. Father God, you see these hands of those that maybe are weary, that are maybe tired. They've been doing the same patterns, the same habits. They've been doing some of the same things that they know was right to do, but God, they haven't seen the promise. They haven't seen the harvest yet. God, I pray that you would encourage them today to keep working, to keep working while they're waiting to pull the weeds, to keep working to stay planted, to keep working to be consistent, to keep practicing the right things, God, that in proper time, in your time, God, they're going to experience tremendous breakthrough of their promise. God, I pray encouragement into our hearts today. Lord, let us be those people that are unwilling to give up, to have perseverance instead, and to keep practicing the right patterns long enough that we see the right fruit produced from them. God, we thank you for it. We ask these things in the amazing name of Jesus. And everybody said...